Hi, this is Gina Casella from Port St. John, Florida, and you're listening to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! In a world permeated with barbecue websites under the control of tyrannical administrators, there was one man. A one-man army. He broke all the rules. He allowed his members to speak out give their opinions, and make the website what it is today. Get ready for Greg Rempe and the Barbecue Central Show. Live from Cleveland, Ohio. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. Hey now. This is the Barbecue Central Show. And we talk about important things that are happening in the world of barbecue and grilling. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe, and we originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. All jazzed up to have you right here. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, you can do it through the phone call. You can do it through the email Either way you decide you want to do it, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the third Tuesday of the month, and that means we have a pair of regular visitors. One is a Barbecue Hall of Famer and a Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer. The other one is a creator of a very popular online presence when it comes to live fire cooking. Also, I believe, a Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer, but I might be wrong. I don't remember right off the top of my head. I do need to... Search this. Uh, 12 days, 12 days. I was looking for the 12 days of barbecue Christmas. And, of course, I'm not finding that. Of barbecue Xmas. Just going through the Tower of Power to see if we have anything readily available. No. I see somebody in the chat room was saying, hey, we need to record a barbecue rap because of my intro music, which, of course, is Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. And while I don't remember doing any kind of Christmas rap, I do specifically recall many years ago dropping the 12 days of barbecue Christmas, which the guys at Hot Grill on Grill Action, uh, Hot Grill on Grill Action actually penned the lyrics Sent them to me. We found a 12 Days of Christmas like techno track. And then 
It was myself and my three daughters, much younger than they are at this stage of the game. And we all lay down on the first day of barbecue Christmas, and we just went from there. I think there was a case of cold Coors Light at the end. Very fun. I'll have to try and find that. Repost it up on some of the social medias. Anyway, I'm off track. Coming up in about 11 minutes from now, you have a third Tuesday of the month regular guest, a barbecue Hall of Famer, barbecue central show guest Hall of Famer, a cooking class instructor, a cookbook writer of prolific proportions, and the list goes on and on. Stephen Reichlin will be joining us. Then... We will move to 35 past the hour, where the other third Tuesday of the month guest will stop by. She's the creator of GrillGirl.com, as I had mentioned, a hot little place to go and check out things that are happening in the world of live fire. Great recipes, great cocktails, always great gift ideas, no matter what the holiday season is or what time of year it is. Always working on something new. That, of course, Robin Lindars. Her last appearance for the year, Stephen's last appearance for the year. Then we will move to the second hour, and we have a couple great guests lined up in the second hour as well. The first guest, while the product and associated landscapes of this company have been one that has supported this show for a number of years on a sponsorship side, has also been a friend of this show ever since I found out about them initially. And uh, over the course of that relationship, we visited each other when we're in respective cities. I've stayed over at their house to avoid high hotel charges while in Louisville, which I appreciate undyingly. And uh, the guest tonight, while with the company since the beginning, will be her first time into the Barbecue Central Show jungle. I am, of course, talking about the vice president of Pit Barrel Cooker, Amber Glanville, this time. Yep. Noah many times, Amber first time, so looking forward to chatting with Amber. We'll get to know a little bit about her background and uh, how that relates to any type of a live fire kind of growing up, and then everybody knows the story of Pit Barrel, so we will talk to her about the business side of things for 2019, anything new that's going to transpire here in 2020, and they also have some partnerships and uh, other business dealings going on, uh, especially with uh, National Barbecue Association. Coming up in the first weekend in April, I believe that is. So very excited to talk with Amber for the first time here on this show. Then we will close it out. You And I've been, I hate to give myself daps, props, congratulatories, or whatever you want to call it. But I did it this year. A number of years ago, I said I was going to do a barbecue documentary of sorts where I was going to follow three different barbecue teams. One doing it at a very high level, like multiple 30-plus competitions. One doing it at a medium, let's call it that uh, 15 to 25 range. And then one doing 5 to 10 or, or 5 to 15. And I had the teams picked out, and I did a really good job at announcing the teams. I did a really good job at following up the first time, and then I blew it. Months turned into quarters, turned into the end of the year. And then I had to make that terrible embarrassing statement about how I sucked as a host because the concept was great. The execution was poor failure of a segment. And I said, I would never let that do it. I would never let that happen again this year. In the beginning of 2019, you remember we had a guy by the name of Dion Blumenrader who had gotten in touch with me and said, I'm bringing a sauce to market. I'm starting from the ground up right now. Wouldn't it be fun if we tracked progress? So I had a conversation with myself and, 
and I said, will I be able to go ahead and make this verbal commitment, but more importantly, can I actually execute it? We agreed to once a quarter. We have done it. This will be the fourth one. I'm no mathematician, but once a quarter means four times during the year. We will get the 2019 roundup from one Dion Blumenrader of one sauce. We'll see how the first year went. The sauce is out. It is readily available for sale. We will talk to him about that, where sales are, where projections are meeting actual revenue numbers, all this good stuff. And is he starting to recoup the layout? Because it has all been expense at this point. And now he has product to sell, seeding it out there, and so forth. So Dion Blumenreiter coming up to close the show. Looking forward to doing the final quarter of the Barbecue Central Show documentary. All right, there you go. Now, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Twitter and Instagram slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. I want to mention this. And I'm not going to get into any specifics, and I want to make sure that if anybody else decides that they think this is a good idea, I'm telling you it's a bad idea. Today, I come home to a manila envelope addressed to me return address from a different location, not in Cleveland, Ohio, and in it contain a number of documents. It seemed like a Deep Throat-esque type of affair. And I'm here to tell you this. I have a pretty good idea of what the hope was for, that I would open this package, that I would rifle through the letters and documents and so forth, and that I would get on here on the show and start recklessly talking about whatever was contained in there. But guess what? This is not a reckless journalism show. I will have no party, and I will give no audience to what you sent me. To the point, if you're going to send me a huge packet of documents... Do me a favor and do you a favor. Don't take the bag way out and not put your name on it and sign anonymous. Put your name on it, son. Put your name on it. If you want me to give it one second of credibility and thought, if I'm going to talk about it on this show, it is not going to be by you saying anonymous and not putting a name on it. In fact, I bet you're listening. Pick up the phone and call in and say your name and what you want to do. 216-220-0966. I will preempt all interviews. There is nothing more baggy than sending people documents that you think you know what they're going to do with, but I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do with those, and you don't put your name on it. Biggest bag move ever. Biggest bag move ever. All right, Stephen Reichland, coming up out of the break, I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. 
From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, they got something for every kind of outdoor cook. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of seasonings and rubs transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary, simply marvelous. Also, the partnership with Big Papa. So you know they have, when you put them together, the West Coast offense. That's right. Winning and winning and winning over there. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're tired of what's currently available on the market, you want to try something with a little different flavor profile that might trip the trigger, Granny's Barbecue Sauce is certainly luscious. You're going to want to check it out. Also, they got smokers. Did you know they got smokers? That's right. After or after. After you've got done looking at all of the other cookers, maybe you want to look at a Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. The only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts to put on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what kind of grill you need, call them, please. Ask questions. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. BigPapaSmokers.com. We have the Hall of Famer, Stephen Reichlin, coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. And as always, I believe episode number four is out for Dave right now, the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. Subscribe to that. I listen to it. You should too. Hey, it's the third Tuesday of the month. And 2019 is rapidly coming to a close, so we race to the hotline and waste little to no time to get to Barbecue Hall of Famer and Barbecue Show Guest Hall of Famer, Stephen Reichlin. Hey, Stephen. Hey, how you doing? I'm absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Appreciate you making time, as always. And uh, we are drawing near uh, two of the biggest holidays of the year coming up here, and they will actually coincide this year as well or kind of run over the top of each other. And, of course, New Year's is coming. Lots of great things happening. Uh, we can always figure out a way to take these kind of holidays and quickly mix food into them because that's what we are on this show. We are obviously live fire lovers first, but we love food in general. 
We'll get to that here in a second, but I wanted to ask you because I know it might have been a month or two ago we had talked about Barbecue University and how you had had quite a run over in Colorado, but you were picking up steaks and going somewhere else. Has there been a definitive location for what will be a 2020 Barbecue U? Well, actually, we just announced it today. Really? We are moving to the Montage Palmetto Bluff in South Carolina, midway between Savannah and Hilton Head. Absolutely gorgeous property. You know, there are mountain people and there are ocean people. And I've always been an ocean person. Mm. It's funny that I've done 20 years in the mountains, but (laughs) I am so happy to be back on the water. This is a gorgeous property uh, right on the water. Uh, In fact, our first night, our welcome night, we're going to take people by boat to an oyster roast. Super excited about the new location. Now, it's funny because I don't, you know, of all of the Barbecue University uh, revision, so you, I mean, originally it was like Greenbrier or White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. Then uh, the Broad, was it the Broadmoor after that? The Broadmoor, yeah. Okay, so now we're at a new location. So South Carolina is at least a state that, rings of some type of barbecue uh, relation to it or a barbecue mix. So that's also got to be a positive. Absolutely. Uh, and the the, uh, the new school is going to be in a complex that uh, has a lodge. It has a barbecue restaurant, state-of-the-art kitchen, uh, a big 20-foot uh, fire pit out back, which I uh, cannot wait to get my uh, hands on. All right. So from a curriculum standpoint, and I know there's a lot of people that attend the barbecue university that have done it year after year. It's kind of their annual pilgrimage to maybe get away to a nice resort, but also get in some live fire cooking, see what's trending with you. Uh, This is going to be a similar style event and a resort and all this, similar amenities or what people have come to use to? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, smoke and fire in the day, incredible uh, leisure activities in the afternoon. And at night you tuck into uh, luxurious rooms with uh, uh, gorgeous bed linens. Uh, it's the only way I can get my wife to come to Barbecue University. Oh. Uh, in terms of the uh, curriculum, uh, you know, we'll, uh, I'm doing a lot with, I'm working on a new book on uh, grilling green, uh, so vegetable forward, not strictly vegetarian. Uh, we'll do that being in South Carolina. Obviously, we're going to do pulled pork. We'll do mustard sauces, uh, a lot of great seafood where we'll be. Uh, so it's, you know, the world around the, the, around the world on a grill as always. All right. Uh, Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Uh, can people start signing up for that yet? Or is that still to be determined? Absolutely. You go to barbecue, okay. uh, com, click on barbecue university up on the right hand tab, up on the right hand side, and it'll take you to the landing page. And today's the first day we're open for enrollments. All right. So if you're interested in that or, uh, I would imagine, Stephen, that might be a pretty good last-second gift idea for your barbecue lover, right? You bet. That'd be pretty neat. No doubt. All right, so let's talk about the impending holidays. are going to be coming up. A lot of us are a week or so away from it. And while it sounds really great to talk about it now, a week removed or you know, a week and change removed, and it's very motivating, and we have all these plans and ideas in our head, once the time starts to draw a little bit closer, well, now the butthole starts to pucker a little bit, and we start to second-guess. So let's talk about holiday tips and making sure that if we're the ones hosting, that we're not getting lost in our own party. And by the time everybody leaves, we're cursing ourselves, saying we'll never do that again. Yeah, well, I've got uh, two words for you, or three words, big hunk of meat, yeah. okay? Uh, that, to me, is the uh, the cornerstone. Uh, 
either it's a home cured ham if you uh, i guess i guess well i guess you're kind of a little on the edge of that whole beef tenderloin a whole prime rib something that you can cook fairly easily and that you can carve and share to a crowd and then you fill in around that uh that makes a wonderful holiday are you a fan of because i have many different thoughts and opinion makers here on the show and some people say okay well if i'm going to have a big hunk of meat i'm going to charge all of my guests with the task of bringing a side dish or uh, Sal, you bring a brownie and Stephen, you bring the mashed potatoes and so forth. How do you go about all the other stuff that's going to be eaten as well? Yeah, we're kind of uh, do-it-yourselfers from start to finish uh, at our house. But, you know, that's not to knock the other uh, the, the other method. I think it's great. We just, uh, I guess, you know, when we do it, we like to go, uh, go the whole way with it. All right, so um, are you a dual holiday celebrator? We have uh, Hanukkah starting on the 22nd, obviously Christmas 24 and 25. Uh, I'm definitely a Hanukkah celebrator. Uh, and... Uh, this year, and I hope I get to it uh, on my blog uh, before Hanukkah arrives, but uh, a couple of years ago, I was playing around with latkes, those pa- potato pancakes we eat for Hanukkah, and I cooked them on a plancha uh, on a uh, charcoal grill, and I threw some uh, wood chunks on the fire, uh, and I wound up making smoked potato latkes, mm. which were pretty amazing, so I know that'll be on the menu. Uh, my uh, granddaughter has requested a brisket. Uh, her mother is a vegetarian, so uh, it's it's going to be a pretty challenging menu, but uh, there will be brisket. So are there – well, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm, I'm not much of a uh, religious studier per se, but there, there does seem to be a tie-in between uh, uh, the Jewish faith and brisket specifically. Is there, is there a religious tie-in to that at all? I think it's more traditional than religious. Um, uh, b- brisket, it's a slow braised meat. Uh, Jews from Central Europe, at least, and I'm descended from Jews from Central Europe, uh, we like that yin yang of sweet and salty flavors. So, uh, brisket, actually, it's more at Rosh Hashanah, our new year in the fall, but uh, a braised brisket with prunes, with apricots, with dried fruits, with raisins. I mean, that's a very popular dish. Uh, this will be just straight barbecued brisket to go with those wonderful smoked uh, latkes. All right. And, and then are there any other things that the Reichland household specifically will be enjoying this holiday season? Uh, well, uh, let's see. It's traditional among Jewish people to go out for Chinese food on Christmas Day. So uh, we will probably do that. Really? Uh, yeah, because that's the only restaurant that's open, if you think about it. Right? Right. Chinese- uh, we will do that. Uh, New Year's, I'm not sure what's on the uh, on the docket for New Year's yet, but there definitely will be caviar, and I know you and I have spoken uh, about caviar. Have you tried it yet? So are, now yeah. you you have schooled me on the ways of caviar. You told me, Greg, you know, don't get lost in this whole uh, sturgeon caviar thing with you know that's uh, seven hundred fifty eight thousand dollars an ounce or whatever. Just go get the salmon. Uh, yeah. the the That's salmon good. caviar and you know way less of a price point that it's delicious and uh, salty and and all this stuff. Um, I have not uh, honestly gone and gotten some yet, but it's certainly on the agenda here uh, sooner than later. But you also had mentioned that you need to you, you need to drink uh, vodka with it. Is that I mean, do I have to? Because I'm kind of not oh. drinking. Okay. Well, here's what you do. All right. Uh, in Project Smoke, my book Project Smoke, and on the website. Uh, make the smoked hard-boiled eggs, 
Okay? All right. Smoked deviled eggs. And then buy a little jar of salmon caviar. Find it at Whole Foods. You can find it, you know, certainly if there's a Japanese grocery store, it's a lot less expensive. <laughs> One of those smoked deviled eggs, a big spoonful of, uh, of the uh, salmon caviar, maybe a little sour cream. Uh, I promise you will thank me and uh, you will make up for lost time. Hmm. All right. Well, then I will put that on the to-do menu. Uh, Stephen Reichel joined me here on the show. BarbecueBible.com, by the way, if you want to check it out. So let's talk about last-second gift ideas. Uh, again, a little over a week away uh, or so from holidays. So are you recommending anything, or is there anything that you would say, hey, uh, maybe we're, we're too far away from some certain items that just aren't going to make it, we've missed cutoffs, things that you could make at home that would be just as good as something bought on Amazon or at a brick-and-mortar store? Well, absolutely. Well, I mean, first of all, with regards to Amazon, it's still not too late to buy things like uh, my suede grill gloves. That's a really popular uh, uh, holiday item. Uh, smoking pucks, that's a small item that you can uh, fit in a, uh, in a stocking. Uh, but we are great believers and fans of homemade rubs. And if you don't have time to order my Project Smoke rubs or barbecue sauces, make a rub. You know, make a Dalmatian rub, make a coffee rub. Uh, they're all in my books, A Million Great Rubs, books like uh, Sauces, Rubs, and Marinades, or any of my books, really. Put it in a nice mason jar, uh, customize a label, wrap it in ribbon. You know, a homemade gift, for me, homemade gifts are always the nicest. The first rub that I ever made in my barbecue journey was, and if I'm not saying the name right, please correct me in front of everybody, is it the 4-4 rub? Yeah, the 4-4 four, four yep. rub, or Reichland's rub, equal parts salt, pepper, paprika, and brown sugar. Still one of my favorites. Yeah, I did it on ribs and, and uh, pork. It must be away for free. Why is anybody going to buy the books? That's now? right. Look what we've done here. We're bad business people, Steve. If you want the recipe, go and buy the book. We're going to edit that out and post. No, don't nah. worry about it. All right, so... Um, Gift to you all. All right, so let's talk about uh, things that we or you have predicted and or thought might trend up here in 2019. Let's go ahead and have a look back as we're a couple weeks away from 2020. I'm going to give you some of what you thought in the beginning of the year was going to be a trend, and then you tell me if it was a hit or a miss or whatever you think. First one yeah. on the list was brisket where you least expect it. Absolutely, and perfect proof of that. I am down in Miami, which is a great town, but not a barbecue town at all. Uh, we just got about two months ago hometown barbecue direct from Red Hook, Brooklyn. Oh. Uh, Billy Durney is doing amazing brisket down here in Miami, so we have become a barbecue town. But not just here in the United States. Uh, you know, as you know, I do a lot of work in Italy. I do a lot of work in Montreal, and uh, in both of those places, you can get. Terrific American style brisket. So, uh, yeah, brisket, uh, brisket, uh, all over Planet Barbecue. All right, number two was grills go green. Okay, well, grilling grows green, and that's a big trend that's continuing. And what I mean by that is a lot more grilled vegetables, uh, uh, meals where uh, your meat might just be condiment rather than the big hulking thing in the center of the plate. Uh, vegan barbecue uh, in the past year. Let's see. I have made a watermelon ham, uh, which is pretty good. That's from uh, a, uh, a guy named Will Horowitz, a restaurateur and uh, author in uh, New York City. Mm -hmm. 
discovered some great vegan restaurants, has a fabulous vegan cheesesteak in Philadelphia. So I think that's a trend that's going to continue. Uh, the third one was wood grilling comes home. Uh, absolutely. With the advent of high-end wood-burning grills like the Grillworks and more recently a very affordable wood-burning grill called the Kudu. Uh, but, you know, people always frame the great debate, you know, gas versus charcoal. For me, it's all about wood. Wood grilling, maximum flavor. Do you – all right, well, I don't want to jump into to 2020, but I had a follow-up question. I'll leave it go. Uh, number four, new rubs from around – planted barbecue so we're not just talking about nationally yeah absolutely and i think you, you know you're seeing this uh there's a preparation from egypt actually called duca and duca is basically a roasted seed and nut rub with cumin salt pepper uh it's absolutely delicious on grilled lamb it's delicious on grilled squash uh so um uh, you know rubs from other places uh uh, so Spanish pincho rub, which is paprika, cumin, salt, pepper, uh, very related to Moroccan rub, which you, uh, which you know, think about it. Spain was part of Morocco uh, a few hundred years ago. So uh, absolutely, you know, I, I guess you could call it the globalization of the American of American barbecue or the American diet. Hmm. Uh, the fifth one you had listed was brisket in a hurry. Mm. Um, this was a dish that really intrigued me. It's how Koreans prepare brisket. What they do is they freeze it, slice it paper thin on a meat slicer, and then direct grill it in a matter of minutes. And uh, this was one that I think people enjoy in, uh, in Korean restaurants, but that has not really made it home yet. All right. Uh, what about sriracha being the new ketchup? Totally. Definitely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought... I thought uh, Sriracha was really big, and then like everybody was saying it. And then, of course, there were the uh, conversations of, are you saying it right? It's Sriracha, Sriracha, you know, whatever. And I saw it quite a bit with the, especially the one with the, like the rooster on the bottle. That must be a specific brand or something like that. And then it kind of hit an apex, and and at least to to me, it seemed to level off, and I thought it was going to take off even further did you think it was going to get hotter or, or am i missing the boat here well i think what has happened is it got so hot that it's just seamlessly woven into oh. the fabric of american food and i don't think we think about it anymore but you know it's everywhere so um as far as i'm concerned that's a trend that's borne out you know another interesting thing that happened is um s- sort of new hot pepper it used to be what heated up a rub or sauce with cayenne pepper. And then we went to like hot paprika and, uh, and now Aleppo peppers, Urfa peppers. Uh, these are all hot peppers from the, uh, from the Middle and Near East. And they're interesting because they've got heat, but they also have a very deep, rich flavor. Hmm. Um, there was another portion of the sriracha take, which was gogujang being yeah. uh, like a new chili sauce. Yeah, gojujang is a Korean uh, hot pepper paste uh, made with uh, garlic, fermented rice, very deep and rich in umami flavors. And I I think, again, that has sort of just become part of the way we cook without calling a lot of attention to itself. Does sambal fold into both of those as well? Well, sambal is uh, is actually a cluster of 
uh, relishes, some of which are hot, some very hot, some incendiary. And they're found throughout uh, Southeast Asia, uh, actually as far east as uh, or far west as India. Uh, and the most common is sambal ulek, which is basically mm -hmm. uh, uh, a, an Indonesian hot pepper, uh, hot pepper sauce. Uh, Vietnamese. Funny, I was writing about that today, and I was um, evoking uh, sambal, you know, just as a, a great way to provide heat and flavor. Uh, let's talk about 2020. Do you have any one or two things that you think haven't really shown their face yet, but because you've been around the globe and planted barbecue, you think are going to explode onto the scene, whether it be fourth, fourth quarter or I'm sorry, first quarter or fourth quarter for that matter? Well, in fact, I uh, have my little list here, right here. All right. A few highlights from it. So uh, one thing I think that new trend is actually a very old trend, the most ancient. It's what I call caveman everything. Now, mm -hmm. people know my caveman T-bone. Uh, they know uh, some of my ember roasted peppers. Well, I think you're going to see ember roasting of everything, a lot more ember roasting seafood ember roasting vegetables, ember roasting fruits for dessert. Hmm. Even you can even take uh, bread dough and lay it on the embers really? and uh, throw it on the. Yeah, well, you probably saw me do that on the Project Fire TV show last year. Right. Uh, so uh, another trend I think is going to be very big is uh, vegan charcuterie. That is uh, vegetables that are cured and smoked the way you traditionally smoke meats. That's happening already. As well, a matter. I'll tell you what, Stephen, uh, I am nowhere near on the food spectrum as most people. However, I can probably say I'm one of the very few that have one of the most prolific vegetable charcuterie makers right here in Cleveland, Ohio at Larder DB, <laughs> by the way. And Jeremy Umansky is a mad genius, and uh, that guy's throwing koji on top of everything. I fear for my life half the time, thinking <laughs> I'm going to get koji on me. Yeah. Now, he's, uh, he's brilliant, visionary. I think you're going to see a lot more of these. Uh, these guys, like Will Horowitz and Jeremy, they are actually being uh, courted by big food industry because, you know, if you think about the Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger, Beyond Burger went public and quintupled in price, it's stock quintuple in one day. So I think you're going to find the major food industry cannot get enough plant-based uh, uh, plant-based charcuterie and, and grilled fare. Yeah, uh, Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show as uh, we are drawing to a close. So Stephen, let me take this time and say uh, we're drawing to the end of yet another year and the fact that you uh, remain to come on the show once a month for what is now you know years in a string uh, the, the level that you're at and the fact that you give time to the show and have conversation with me uh, once a month for uh, low these many years, it's been uh, just a, an incredible joy for me. And I know I speak for the listeners when I say we appreciate your time and the fact that we get to know uh, a little bit more about you and uh, we pull some curtains back when we're able to just have this two-way street of conversation. And I, and I certainly appreciate that and I want you to know that. Well, thank you. Uh, you do a wonderful job, too. And, you know, wishing you and everybody out there super happy holidays and uh, talk to you next year. All right. There he is, Stephen Reichland, right there. Laying it down, vegetable charcuterie. I bet you didn't think you would ever hear that, vegetable charcuterie. Well, that's right. You're hearing about it right now. I mean, Cleveland isn't on the cutting edge of much, except a lot of losing especially when it comes to pro sports. However, 
We are pretty good at vegetable charcuterie. And by the way, it's delicious. This this guy at Larder can make a mushroom pastrami sandwich that will blow your mind. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Oh, cripes. All right, there we go. So, if you are if you have a bullet style smoker or maybe you have a uh, kettle style cooker, maybe you have a offset pit, bullet, ceramic. You get one of these barbecue guru controllers. If you don't want to take the time to learn your cooker, and by the way, I highly suggest you take the time to get to know your cooker. But after that, after you've learned it, you get a guru. Put it on the bottom, that little uh, the little microfan. And you put a probe into the main cooking chamber, and then at the controller, you said what temperature you want this whole rig to run at. So let's say 225. And then the uh, thermo, uh, the probe and the meat chamber will tell the micro fan to pulse. Make sure it keeps it at that temperature. You can adjust as you want. A whole bunch of different technology if you want it, depending on whatever your budget is. And they have that grill, the monolith ceramic cooker that has a built-in power draft fan already in it. So hey you have a guru controller if you're already a fan and you buy the monolith just hook the controller right up to the to the monolith you're off and running it's great you can get a new controller if you want you don't have to any questions you call them 800-288-GURU that's 800-288-GURU or you visit the website bbqguru.com robin lindars from grill girl is standing by stick around be right back Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can shop their selection at cookingpellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, cookingpellets.com, or amazon.com. If you want, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can go to Amazon. Lots of great flavors. Chris Becker is the man. Also, they do have 100% hickory pellets uh, and a few other ones as well. There was that whole big... Uh, hubby to do wubba do wubba do about Traeger getting sued for uh, oil soaking their wood pellets. So Chris Becker's 100% wood pellets are indeed 100% wood pellets. Just in case you were wondering, he's not getting sued by anybody or anything like that. No, no, we're not talking about that. Hey, it's the third Tuesday of the month. Still, even after we just got done bidding. Stephen Reichlin, a fondue, had a brain fart there. Uh, we race to the hotline and welcome back the other third Tuesday of the month regular guest, the creator of GrillGirl.com. It is Robin Lindars. Hey, Robin. Hey, happy holidays. Well, you have a great looking necklace on you. You're all lit up. It's very nice. I'm feeling festive. Yeah, I feel like that all of a sudden might become a trend for some reason, but uh, you never know. You're setting trends, of course. 
dollar store special. What can I say? Is it is that like a battery operated thing? You just push a button and wear like a necklace? Yeah, mm. pretty much. Yeah, I think it's way better than that uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer blinky nose. I wouldn't wear a blinky nose to a no party. Way. No I mean, way. At least I wouldn't show up with one on. Now, maybe after a couple of drinks, I might right. put one on. You That's never right. know. Never know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, so we're talking with Robin, and we are going to be talking some holiday entertaining. And, uh, you know, you're in a – not everybody's in the same type of crappy weather hole that I'm at here in Cleveland and, you know, kind of the Midwest, and you get out yeah. west, and if you're in the mountains and elevation, you see some snow and crappy cold, blah, blah, blah. You're in a little yeah. bit nicer area, so you have – a little bit more landscape to take advantage of during this time of year. You're not just relegated to the house. So right. uh, to me, that screams of things like campfires and all this stuff. Is that what you're into? Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. I've right. actually been cooking on my fire pit lately. And so, I, I mean, I think when you live in some places in the U.S., like Florida, Christmas time for us is like our nice time of year. Right. And our thick weather is in the summer when right. you guys have your nicer weather. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've just been all about getting back to basics lately. And I've gotten two parties, under, well, two entertaining occasions under my belt in the new house. Um, at like, you know, Thanksgiving. And now I just did a little Christmas party. And I'm all about the um, interactive happy hour um, you know, where you put out like, let's, you know, you, and you can also, if you don't have a fire pit, like I have an old Weber fire pit from like seven years ago. Oh, wow. I don't think they can make them anymore. No. Yeah. And it's just so fun. Right. So, um, or, you know, if you have like just a charcoal grill, you can turn that into a fire pit, you know, as far as like cooking, just take the grates off and put everything on a stick and, and there you go, you know? So for kids think about, or something that's kid friendly, think about like, um, you can uh, roast hot dogs, and then for the adults, you buy some really nice sausages, and it's just very easy. And then you have a s'mores set up for dessert, and then you have heavy appetizers in the background for people who don't feel like roasting hot dogs. Is there are some people that don't want to do the work? <laughs> so, yeah, that's so then, hard to do, right? Put a stick over a flame. You would believe that, you know, some people are like, eh, I don't want to roast a sausage, you know, or whatever. So then you have heavy out like a like a um, charcuterie platter mm. in the background for those type people. And, you know, and then it just makes it kind of fun and interactive, you know, from for being outdoors, you know, when when the weather is nice. Of right. course, let me talk to you about charcuterie platters here, because we were just at a graduation at one of the satellite branches for Kent State University. My wife's an instructor. For the physical therapy assistance program, I did a bunch of pork butts for the kids there. But one of the other instructors did this huge, elaborate charcuterie board setup, and it was delicious. But I'm looking yeah. at it from a different eye. I'm like, holy crap, this appears to be an incredible amount of work. Does it look worse than it is? And then are you making your own charcuterie at the same time, or is that something that you buy? I don't think that most people make their own charcuterie. I think a lot of people, if you're going to do it uh, on a budget, which most people will, um, you'll go to Trader Joe's and stock up on stuff and you can get the job done pretty well just with a pretty good haul from Trader Joe's and maybe supplement it with a few nicer ones. Um, but no, I think a, a good charcuterie platter is like, it's so fun to arrange the different meats with the different cheeses and you put some jams out and some, you know, pickled vegetables. I, I get super excited about a good charcuterie platter. <laughs> uh, 
Now, from a, a campfire standpoint, I mean, do you find that a lot of people just don't want to get around it because they don't want to stink or they don't want to attempt to cook anything? Or is it pretty easy to get people to, to gather around it and take a stab? No, it's easy because people want to be around a campfire. It just draws people in. You know, um, it's just there's something just really nice about sitting around a campfire. It's just something it almost feels like nostalgic of just it's very relaxing and, and fun. Fire is important. I think fire just draws people around. If you go into my upstairs when it's cold out, we turn the fire on because we don't have a wood burning fireplace. So it's a gas. The thing puts out a lot of heat. And 10 minutes after that thing is up and running and the, and the heat is really pumping out. All my girls are like whoosh, right up to the front of that thing. And it's like a flies to a light. Yeah. It's just so it. warming and just cozy. And oh, and that party, I also set up a cookie decorating station and I had it all done at the, the bakery at yeah. my grocery store. And I just said, give me some sugar cookies and give me the piping bags because they already have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they sold it to me. So then all the kids could also decorate Christmas cookies, make s'mores. It's like, um, you know, very kid-friendly interactive party. Now, I don't know <laughs> what temperature it hits for you to not want hot chocolate, but I'm just going to throw out a suggestion. Hot chocolate bar. So you have a big crock pot full of already made hot chocolate. And then off to the side, you know, you have your whipped cream. You have some yes. uh, little mini waffles or some... Uh, chocolate yeah. chips. I mean, you just go crazy with it. So you put the cocoa in that. and all, I mean, kid-friendly, right? Yeah, and then the adults can put in, like, rumble mints or schnapps. R- rumble mints? <laughs> Did we just drop right back to 1992? Oh, my God. Do they make rumble mints still? I don't know. That's, wow. like, what came to Holy mind. Holy moly. Like, pepper, like a peppermint something. <laughs> yes, peppermint <laughs> schnapps or uh, rumble mints. That was a, a huge I don't pull. know. That was, like, you guys, that just came from like the recesses, like back part of my brain. Oh, trust me. I know exactly where that came from. It was a dark, dank bar. It was probably really close to 2 a.m. And you're like, oh, I got to get that last shot at bartender Rumplemints to go. <laughs> boom, boom. And there you go. Trust me. I've been there. I get it. Um, now, here we go. We're tired. We're tired of turkey, right? We had a lot of turkey for Thanksgiving. I do think a lot of people actually double up with Thanksgiving turkey and uh, Christmas holiday turkey as well. I, we used yeah. to do that quite a bit. But if you don't want to do it, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to be doing prime rib. I talked to Meathead about prime rib and Jess Pryles about prime rib last week. Let's talk about something completely different. Uh, and because you probably have them laying dead in your refrigerator right now or at any given moment, let's specifically talk about goose or geese and quail. I've had yeah. neither. I've almost seen a goose like in a butcher case but they had just sold it before i got to see it but i've heard it's got a weird taste so let's talk about goose first and prep and flavor profiles to make sure we're doing it right yeah and uh i don't think we could i've never seen goose thank god in my refrigerator because it would take up like yeah you're right amount. and i do have to say <laughs> I, uh, the height of hunting season and i'm it's like it's like uh, so the Kaufman, the Kaufman's brother mortuary in the kitchen, right? It's just, it's very, it's so much, like all of it, you know, but God bless my husband. You know, he gets really like 150% into stuff. So, um, but so goose is actually delicious and I just bought mine at the butcher, but I, my old place, I had a really good butcher. 
Um, but if you know, if you want to try something different and also something that cooks relatively quickly and is actually delicious, uh, goose is a good option. And if you can find one in your butcher, I, I recommend giving it a go. I mean, you can cook, I think it was like a, I'm trying to remember the weight of the one I did. Uh, I think it was like maybe 15. Uh, no, maybe less than that. Mm. It's a really, it's bigger than a chicken. It's smaller than a turkey. Yeah. So, um, but it's kind of like duck. Like you have a lot of fat that renders and this, especially you have to be super conscious of the fat rendering. Ah. Yep. Yeah. It's weird because, um, when we did it, uh, it, when the fat, fat. Uh, usually fat on coals makes fat. for deliciousness, but goose fat on coals makes a really weird kind of aftertaste. So Ooh. you want to make sure it catch all the fat. Um, but that's how you get the crispy skin, but it's actually, it's very rich. It's like richer than it's a very rich poultry, but it's tasty. So if you're looking to do something different, um, yeah, goose is a good thing. And quail is actually pretty easy to find. And I had gotten exposed to quail because I did some recipe development for Manchester quail a couple years ago. Mm. And quail is like little delicious chickens. Like it is way better than chicken. It's delicious. You can have like one quail per person spatchcock it and it goes well with a rosemary lemon or like a rosemary citrus flavor profile and you grill it and it's the bomb so Mm. if you want something different um those are two good options one year we did a a tasting course i think it was either for thanksgiving or christmas and that like a excuse me a wine pairing dinner with seven courses which means we ate really well and we were shit-faced by the end and quail was one of the courses and it was everyone that like was loving it you Mm. know and such a great uh deviation from turkey or ham you know just your standards and and this is something that's readily available pretty much anywhere quail or do you i mean it's a little specialty kind of a thing Uh, i think you can find it in most frozen sections Mm. you know like um Fresh, I think, would be hard to find unless you know people that do that stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, I think you could find it regardless. And it's just something different to try, you know. Um, it's always good to just branch out. I just, I'm a big, as you guys know, a big believer in trying new things. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No doubt. Uh, Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. Uh, recipes and other fun stuff, grillgirl.com. Let's talk about last-minute gift ideas. We're uh, a week or so away from Christmas. I was talking to Stephen Reichlin about some homemade stuff, but do you have any last minute for the procrastinators among us? You know, you can always get creative and do like a barbecue gift basket. And most things that you can buy, um, some, you know, you can do a mixture of things that you find on like Amazon. You know, you can still ship your, you can still get things like tongs or, you know, some of your favorite supplies. Um, and then you can pair that with like barbecue rub and some other kind of specialty things that you can get local and do things like, you know, a gift basket or something that that does show that you put some thought into it. Mm. You know, um, I like doing homemade gifts like DIY s'mores, you know, where you put the ca- canisters with all the stuff in it or um, make your own rubs or like uh, like um finishing salts you know like uh you can dehydrate some some lemon peels and pair that with some rosemary and make like a a rosemary lemon finishing salt and put it in a cute uh tin and and you can or smoke some nuts you know like things like that very easy to make some homemade gifts that that show that you actually um you know gave from your heart and didn't just buy something so i get it uh robin lindar's joining us so let's talk about a couple of 2019 food trends or 
you know, uh, flash things that happened over the course of the year that really kind of stuck in your brain as things that you think you'll remember here for the next couple of years? What are some of the big things of 2019 that you'll remember? Well, you know, I did just uh, see the 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 smoke fire release, and that's definitely been um, left an impression on my brain about the future of of pellet smoking. Um, I think that will continue to grow. Um, I think all this plant-based stuff is weird, like these fake burgers and everything. I hope that's a trend that just goes away. That's not going away. It's growing. It's growing. The companies are getting more and more, I don't know if they're getting profitable, but the revenues are continuing to drive up. Uh, Impossible Burger or Beyond Burger uh, quintupled in, in one day as far as yeah. you know their, their value. So I think what you're going to see, I think what you're going to see is probably less of the burger stuff and you're going to see more of this uh, plant-based protein in a uh, ground beef type form and i think there i think you will see it be a little bit more palatable or a little bit more accepted by the general meat eating audience because it's not being i think the where the burger falls short is and this is why i think you probably have a, a, a feather in your craw on it is it's like you're being tricked it's yeah. they, they they're marketing it as this is a burger except it's not a burger so now you're you're having a conversation with yourself about well it tastes like a burger and it looks like it's not no damn burger and I don't I feel like I'm being tricked I hate these people I love these people I hate these people but with the ground meat ground meat the ground whatever version of this it's taco meat it's something you're putting in a casserole and it has the same kind of mouthfeel, but it's not meat. And remember, what's the one thing to remember about all of this plant-based protein stuff? Don't be fooled. If you're looking yeah. for a healthier alternative and you think this is it, you are wrong, my friends. Yeah. It's super processed. It's super yeah. calorie, all that crap. So it's gross. It, it's, I'd rather eat a cow and at least know that it's a cow and and it have like three ingredients in it at worst than a pro, a burger a, a plant based burger with like fifty ingredients. A lot of them that sound like they came straight from like someone's laboratory. Right. It's, a, it's like a science thing. Now it's definitely not meat. So if that's what you're trying to do, fine. But never be under the impression that you are making a healthier alternative. Uh, what other 2019 things? Anything? I think I think we're going to continue to explore more like Asian profiles. I think I'm starting to see a lot of people really getting into stuff that used to be a lot more exotic. You know, you'll see people like, oh, I made these Mongolian beef ribs or, you know, like uh, bulgogi and, and stuff that used to be more Korean style barbecue, making it more mainstream. And I just think everyone will continue to kind of um, explore like global flavors. Mm. You know, I, I hope to see less traditional barbecue in my feed and more like out of the box stuff, you know, like let's branch out. I want to see, you know, not just ribs, but just different types of meat, different ways of cooking it. Just I'm hoping, I guess this is all aspirationally hoping where I feel like things people will be going. Hmm. Uh, do you have one 2020 prediction that you think is going to take the world by storm next year? I think that, you know, I am not predicting like exactly what will happen. I know that I feel like um, next year will be a major game changer for me. I think the industry is just going to do a lot of different new things. I mm. think they're really going to embrace 
uh, more women cooking, uh, maybe younger people cooking. Um, you know, obviously more millennials are getting into the game. Uh, so I think we'll just start to see hopefully a little, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but less of the good old boys club, but more just everyone embracing cooking over fire, um, with less of the over fire stereotypes that go with it. All right. Uh, you can catch up with Robin at grillgirl.com. She's got 18,500 followers as of yesterday on Instagram. That's at grillgirlrobin. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the other haunts on social media, you can follow her as well. You see her once a month right here on this show. Robin, appreciate all the time this year. And I'm looking forward to picking back up in January in 2020. Me too. I love all you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Chanaka. All of that good stuff, you guys. I hope it's it was a great year and 2020 will be an equally more kick out or it will be a kick ass year next year you guys we're gonna have a great year all right robin thank you so much there she is robin lindar right there did she say chanica i thought that was only relegated to uh oh what the hell's her name <laughs> who's the cooking lady that went to jail that hangs out with snoop dog why can't i remember her name she's kind of uh stiff Somebody tell me her name in the instant chat. What am I saying? Damn it. Ah, oh, Blonde hair, no personality, really rich. Martha Stewart, yes! Paula Dean. Come on, real Joey B. Paula Dean's got personality. I'd never forget Paula Dean. Who could forget her? I mean, she's no Ina Garten, but who is? Martha Stewart is the name I was thinking of. Chanika. That reminds me of the Saturday Night Live. Chanika. <laughs> All right, we are getting ready to wrap up here. Go to the second hour. You were just listening to Robin Lindars once again. Her website is grillgirl.com. She's got a bunch of recipes. She also has some product reviews, gift ideas. The gift guide is out. Uh, we're still a little over a week or so, so I think we're still good on a lot of the shipping stuff. A lot of cutoffs that I was seeing for some of the food was the 18th. So head on over to grillgirl.com, check out that list, see see what she's got. Maybe that'll jog your memory. Maybe you've got gift buyer's block. I have to go to Things Remembered and get my ornaments for the daughters that I buy every year. Other than that, I let my wife do all the shopping. All right, let's quickly break, and we'll be back to wrap up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. By the way, Stover, I'm not saying that Paula or that Martha Stewart doesn't have personality, but she does not. Andrew, you are not. <laughs> she does not have the personality that I find intriguing. It's a, it's a little, it's a little dry. Thanks again to Stephen Reichlin for joining me in the first interview segment. BarbecueBible.com. 
Also, thanks to Robin Lindars for talking to me this past segment about Campfire Eats, Goose, and Quail, last-minute gift ideas, some of the big 2019 trends, and the 2020 prediction. We're pointing to the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back.